you're you're just um, teasing me at this point with the <laughs> almost bought a computer updates. <laughs> I was quite sure I'd have a new computer by this podcast, but it didn't happen. Oh yeah, it's not that interesting a story because I didn't buy anything, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> this morning, the um, the Best Buy equivalent here had a really good deal on a um, 14-inch MacBook Pro, M1 model, but still, uh-huh. it was a really good deal. Uh, but no stock because it was such a good deal. So, I thought, I'll go to the our Staples equivalent and they do even a price match on top of that and they have got it in stock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I had a... Not really a battle, but quite a lengthy discussion with uh, our with the people at the checkout there, watching the line of people build up behind me as they reiterated that they won't price match something that's not in stock at another shop, which is just rubbish. Oh, yeah, that's silly. Yeah, I know. They could have had a sale, but they didn't. So how do they even like know the inventory of another shop? They go to the the website of the other shop to check the price Mm. match and check the stock level. I see. So, I could have had it in my cold, sweet, no, in my hot, sweet little hands. What is it? What's the (laughs) quote? (laughs) Uh, Yes, your sweet, hot little hands or something like that. Could have had it. (laughs) Wasn't to be. Oh, man. So, what, what is... A Best Buy and Staples equivalent. Our Best Buy is a JB Hi-Fi and Staples is Officeworks. Oh, it even looks like the Best Buy logo. Really? I don't know. Best Buy. Well, Best Buy and JB Hi-Fi. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Best Buy. But JB Hi-Fi is the name of the shop, so it's not that similar. I mean, it's yellow. Uh, it's just yeah. it's just Best Buy's logo color also is like that neon yellow kind of. And it's in blocky letters. All right. Yeah, yeah. I see the similarities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are you are you have you given up on the the concept of buying a laptop or are you still going to be purchasing one in the near future you think then? I've got my eyes open if any more deals pop up. Don't you worry. Just waiting for a deal. Get on one of those like hardware swap Reddit groups. Pick one up. They're not that prolific in Australia. Not that I've not ever really. come across anyway. Man, I really like uh, JB Hi-Fi's website. <laughs> Why's that? It's very um, whimsical, I feel like. Yeah? They got big goofy fonts and... They do. It it feels like you're like looking at like a like an old advertisement in a, in a newspaper or something or a magazine. Like this is it, it's laid out like a print ad. It is, yeah. So well noticed. I like it. I have a very short update, also on cold brew. Probably my last update because there's not much more to say about it. But okay. I did. Uh, do some more experiments with ratios and not pressing any water through the AeroPress to like extract my brewed coffee from the grinds. Uh, And what I've settled on 
is a 1 to 12 ratio of coffee to cold water. Um, okay. And I suppose it would be like 18 hours brewed. I'm not sure if the hours really made a difference. Um, mm-hmm. And with milk as well, because that's how I normally have a hot coffee. So, I had the cold brew with milk after gaining approval from literally Thoreau. <laughs> And mm-hmm. it was incredible. It was like a coffee I've never had before. Like, you know, when they say <laughs> notes of blah, blah and blah, blah. Yeah, I was tasting all those notes. It was great. It's quite the experience. So, thank you wow. to you and literally Thoreau for introducing me to the world of cold brew coffee. <laughs> I need to start making it in, in large quantities. <laughs> That's like right. That's right. Yep. It also took the edge off it by not forcing it through the AeroPress. I didn't have that massive buzz. Oh, good. And I think I can also now say what bitter coffee is compared to non-bitter coffee. Like I had some uh, doubts last week if I knew what bitter coffee was. I can say mm-hmm. for sure what it is now. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, you're, you're refining your palate. I'm refining my palate. I can't put it in <laughs> words, but I know it when I taste it. <laughs> um, well, I also have a a cold brew update. Um, as of last show, I I hadn't uh, tried any of the the roasters that literally Thoreau had recommended to me, but I did uh, in the last couple of weeks order a bag of beans from Huckleberry Roasters. Uh, I got their sound and vision blend, which mm-hmm. they had sp- specifically listed on their website as uh, a good one for cold brew. Uh, and I've, I've got uh, a glass of it right here. It, it just got delivered on Wednesday or Thursday. It got delivered on Thursday so I, I immediately uh, ground the beans and and put them in my pitcher so they could have a, a day to uh, steep. And so I, I it just finished yesterday, and it's um it's it's more complex than my Starbucks coffee by a lot. All the notes. Yeah, this one specifically it has it's like noticeably fruity which is interesting uh it's not something that i'm i'm super used to in coffee i'm gonna, I'm gonna read the description here it's long i'm not gonna read the whole thing but it says uh sweet sweet flavors of caramel chocolate and subtle fruit complemented by a round mouthfeel that plays well with cream or stands out on its own. I feel like it might be good with some milk or cream. I might need to try that specifically because of the the, the fruity flavors in here. Mm, yeah, I found adding the milk let me taste the flavors more. Really? Maybe my yeah, yeah. It was like a um, yeah, impossible to describe. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, I, if, I'm if, a, if sound and vision wants milk, I'd say go for it. I, I'm, I might need to try throwing a splash of milk in there. I'm an almond milk person, though, so hopefully that still works. Ooh, okay. That's going to change it a lot, though. That's a whole flavor. I suppose, do you, 
But yeah, if you drink almond milk all the time, then mm-hmm. you're going to know what it tastes like. And yeah, it's not right. like it's your first time drinking almond milk. So yeah, it'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, I, very quick aside, while we're talking about different milks, I would uh-huh. definitely recommend having a, or trying at least, a frothed almond, uh, sorry, oat milk in a coffee, in, in an espresso, as in an espresso shot and then frothed oat milk on top because that is mm-hmm. a wonderful flavor. Oat milk is, is very good in coffee and I do have a milk frother. There you go. I, I might need to, I might need to pick some up. <laughs> mm. that. Mm-hmm. But I, that's how I do. Um, like when I go to a coffee place, depending on the coffee I'm ordering, I either order it with almond milk or oat milk. Oh, Okay. A seasoned alternative milk drinker then. I had no idea. Yeah. It's uh it's back back to the same reason I drink my coffee black though. It's because you can get like most of the calories in coffee come from the milk or cream. <laughs> so oh, if, yeah. if I order it with <laughs> almond milk or oat milk, you can have like a two hundred calorie coffee versus a seven hundred calorie coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, at home, I do do just like a dash, so a dash of milk or a dash mm. of cream, rarely cream, mostly just plain old full cream milk. Um, but basically, any coffee you buy here at a cafe is 80% milk, frost milk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's most coffee is just milk with a couple of espresso shots in it or something, right? That's it. So. Delicious. <laughs> it's basically grown up chocolate milk. <laughs> that can't be it in the follow-up normally we spend 75 percent of the show doing follow-up topics i know um i i specifically this is maybe not good follow-up um uh <laughs> i made sure to have on my my podcast computer a a copy of my assembly program i've been working on so that i could send to you in case you were interested Ah, cool cool so I'll have to uh, walk you through how to take advantage of it. It's not fully done, but it is a working mm-hmm. working game with, with a few bugs at this point. But uh, mm-hmm. Oh, cool. That will be fun to try. Yeah. I'll um, send it to you. But thank you. Shall I try it now? Uh, if you'd like. If you still got the emulator on your computer. Uh, I'll have to download it again. It never graduated from my downloads folder somewhere else, so it's been KO'd. What's the name of it oh, again? Oh, man. Uh, well, it's the Commander X16. That's right. This is a computer. Um, but don't get it from, from the GitHub. I already, I remember that part at least. <laughs> <laughs> and we're after the... R42. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. right. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm emulating. All right, you got it running? Mm-hmm. So the file that I sent you, mm-hmm. you need to have it like in the in the folder with the emulator. Already done? So just caught. All right. So now in the emulator, you'll type load and then in quotes, uh, jez.prg. Just the name of the file. RPG or PRG? PRG program. PRG. PRG. You're right. 
you, the person who made the file, are in fact correct. <laughs> um, can't find it. File not found. Jazz.prg. Ah, okay. I don't. I don't know why that is. I I think I got it working. So what you need to do is open the terminal mm-hmm. and and navigate to the directory in the terminal. Mm-hmm. And then you need to launch the X16 emulator uh, mm-hmm. with the debug flag enabled. Just hyphen debug? Yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. Load. I keep typing Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, loading from blah blah to blah blah. Ready. Yeah, just type run. We are in. Cool. We are in. Uh, so I will say that uh, uh, it it works. Uh, it's still like lags for just a second when you finish drawing a line for it to calculate the area. Um, but that's, it's actually really promising that it does that, uh, because in my, my basic implementation of the game, uh, that calculation is as efficient as it can be Mm -hmm. where the, the algorithm loops over only every space that doesn't need to be filled and it loops over it exactly one time It minimizes it. Whereas in my uh, assembly version it's actually the most inefficient uh algorithm for for calculating the area where it it, it loops over the entire screen like 700 times uh, <laughs> it's and, and it's way still, faster than the last time I and tried it's still it. way faster yeah uh so it's it's very promising and it once i optimize the algorithm it should be instant so I think I'm hitting bugs, though. I'm sure you are. Okay, cool. But I'm getting like yeah, the you... ball is hitting the line, and that makes a short line. I don't think that should happen, should it? Uh, no, that's correct. Oh, so okay. when you <clears throat> when you click, a line starts drawing both directions from your mouse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're they're both independent of each other. So if one gets broken, the other one can still ah, complete. Okay, but. If the ball hits the line, mm-hmm. what's the correct behavior? So one, the line that gets hit will, will disappear. So you could still have half a line and the other half will disappear. I think I'm having both halves disappear. Well, if it hits both halves, then it could potentially happen. But how could it hit both halves before they've drawn? Um, I don't know. It'd have to like bounce off a wall. Or maybe it hits the right in the middle. I don't know. Hmm. And Could then you're supposed to get two balls on level two? Yep. Cool. Yeah. You get a ball per whatever level you're on. So. Oh, nice. Got a good one. Yeah, right. It seems to be working perfectly. Minus all the bugs you're finding. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if they're bugs or I just don't know how to play it. So far. Okay. <laughs> but I can, just for fun, I'll send you here. Uh, 
the uh, actually assembly file for this that you can open in like a, a text editor because um, you were asking last time if it's kind of a one-on-one relationship to basic and you can see the difference in the in the code there it's very different is this the entire game the file I just sent you yeah I mean that's everything that that you were just running just the, really? like the decompiled version really that mm-hmm. doesn't look like much at all though oh uh never mind that's not it i sent you the wrong file (laughs) uh it's it's this one that was a test file i was i had a long time ago okay i think think it's this one (laughs) yeah this one's about six times bigger yep yep that's it all right that that looks more like a game (laughs) (laughs) it still looks like a lot of um just incomprehensible stuff there's lots of comments in there to try to try to make it uh more understandable yeah what are all the three letter line uh the start of every line is like three letters j s r b n e yeah that's the that's the uh op code right so a a cpu has uh, like a list of instructions that it understands, mm-hmm. and so each of each of those three letter acronyms is the assembly language um, like version of of that instruction. What's an example like BNE? So BNE is branch if not equal. Uh-huh. So you can compare two numbers, and then that will say if you say branch if not equal. I'll say if these two numbers weren't equal, jump to this specified memory address. Mm-hmm. So, how long before you write the next roller coaster tycoon in assembly? <laughs> oh, that'll be that'll be out next week. Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the uh, the honeymoon uh, phase has has ended with this, or at least my uh, my uh, very focused interest where I was doing this nonstop in my free time for a couple of weeks has ended. So it's the program has sat at this state for, for the majority of the last couple of weeks. Once I got the game basically working, I kind of stopped touching it. Mm, okay. And, uh, but in that meantime, uh, yeah. the creator of the commander X 16 put out a video saying that they're going to have a very limited production run available for purchase of the actual hardware sometime in in the next month or so so i'm eagerly waiting for that notice to go live so i can be one of the only 80 units they're going to sell initially oh really okay this has been a long time in the making hasn't it super long time um they had uh, a special run of like premium mechanical keyboards with all the special keys for the computer manufactured uh, like two or three years ago. And I've had it and I'm waiting for the actual computer to plug it into. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a USB keyboard? At least you can use it with something else. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's USB or PS2. So I could plug it into other computers, but it's it's got like special keys on it for this this specific computer. So 
it's not something that I'd want to use anywhere mm. else. Right, right. I wonder how many people, just a random thought, think that a PS2 keyboard is for a PlayStation 2. Um, I'm sure younger people probably do uh, associate PS2 with, with the PlayStation. Even if they didn't have one or are too young to to have been around when it was around, like you can easily extrapolate in PS4, PS5. Oh, there was a PS2 and right. there were PS2 keyboards. Well, for our young listeners, PS2 stands for Personal System 2. It was a computer system designed by IBM in the 90s, uh, and it used that port, and it became ubiquitous as the way to plug in keyboards and mice after like serial ports and was the standard until usb took over in like the early aughts (laughs) (laughs) is that follow-up done then uh i think so i don't have anything else to say about it are we going to um make this downloadable in the show notes uh yeah you're you're welcome to share it if you like just people people be aware that it's not done and kind of buggy that's all right good morning good morning how are you today Uh, i'm still waking up with my (laughs) cup of coffee here with me from husky roasting company huckleberry roasting company huckleberry roasting company Uh uh-huh yep Got it in one. How are you? I'm getting over a mildish sort of cold. You might be able to tell my voice isn't quite up to snuff. Uh, It has gotten better. Your your voice was noticeably different when you first joined. Yeah, I haven't really talked all day. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's probably still my morning voice. Morning voice all day. Uh, yeah, but I've chucked in the topics, e-writables. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're interested in them, but I've had a, a fling with e-writables in the last fortnight. So okay. I thought I'd just chuck it in there. What have you been doing? Well, I have this. I had a problem I needed to solve. Uh, that problem is, all this year, I need to travel like a mile to school and a mile back every day. Uh, with Hannes and Paul. Uh, Paul's coming mm-hmm. back with me because he's not going to school yet. But mm-hmm. it's slightly uphill for a fair bit of the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll happily ride his balance bike to school, but he will not ride it back. So, I started thinking, what if he had like a, something electric to get him back home or to get him to school and back home then? Uh, and mm-hmm. it just so happened that you can get these little uh, three-wheeled electric scooters for like a two to six-year-old. Does about uh, eight k's an hour, so not all that quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing led to another, and now I have a Segway Nine Bot also <laughs> uh, in my possession, which is an adult e-scooter. So I'm all in on e-scooters, um, but I'm not sold either. Um, so that's been my interest uh, and reason for experimenting with them to see if uh, this is some way to to travel about the suburb each morning 
doing the school run. You have the the Segway as like a literal scooter, or you have like the balance board shaped Segways, or I have a just a traditional e scooter, so the okay. L shaped one, two wheels front and back, a pole with handles. Right. Okay. You so know, it's not like the the handlebarless balance balancing only Segways. No. No. Okay. Um, I didn't know this, but Ninebot is the company that bought Segway a little while back. So I don't know if they're mm-hmm. called Segway Ninebot or Ninebot Segway. Depends where you read. Um, but yeah, they make all Ninebot makes all the Segway stuff now, uh, from what I can see. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a Ninebot Max. But you're not sold on it. I'm not sold. And neither is Paul. Actually, Paul doesn't ride it. Hannah loves riding around on this thing. But mm-hmm. I think the novelty for him has already worn off because it's probably a touch too slow for him. And he can he, you can basically kick it faster than it will propel itself. So, the original purpose of getting it to try and get Paul to, to come home from school, you know, under his own power, although not really, under battery power, mm-hmm. under his own thumbs pressing power, <laughs> didn't work <laughs> at all. <laughs> and um, and now I don't see myself just riding around on a scooter for many other tasks. So, yeah, I. it's been a, a short love affair i think with with scooter well not really a love affair because i don't really love it much it's been a fling a fling with uh, e-ridables when i worked from the office um we had segways around um but they they were the the balance board i'm trying to find like a comparison in, in what what kind of products they offer today and i guess it'd be kind of like the segway s plus where it's it's something you stand on, but there's no handlebars. Right, yeah. More traditional-looking Segway device. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to... Um, and that, w- that would get up to 20 kilometers per hour. I just had to do a quick conversion here. <laughs> uh, so those things were, were speedy. Uh, so maybe you just need something a little faster. Well, my scooter will do faster than that. It'll do the legal limit, which is 24 or 25 k's an hour. Okay. And apparently, if you change the serial number to one that was distributed in the United States, it'll do another 6 or 7 k's an hour on top of that. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. It's... I mean, it's not lacking speed compared to the S+, Plus, but it does still feel kind of slow. Especially the the way you can write them here, like the laws that apply to e-writables, is if the road has any sort of median down the middle, then you can't ride on it. So, in that case, you have to ride on the footpath. So, it's only really suburban roads with not even a marking down the middle that you can ride on. And so, you can do 24 k's an hour on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if there's a median, you have to ride on the footpath. And that's got a top speed of 10 k's an hour. Of course, no one does that because that's quite slow. But uh, that's the legal limit. Interesting. So, when you can go fast, 24 k's an hour feels pretty slow. Well, maybe you need like like an e-bike or something. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've experimented so, with those in the past, haven't you? I have, yeah. So I did have an e-bike for a bit. Mm-hmm. That was in, uh, I think, around peak COVID times, wasn't it? It was just a way of having fun. I didn't need to get anywhere. And I mm-hmm. did have Hannes on one of the kid chairs on the bike. Uh, the reason I got rid of that is because Hannes didn't want to ride around with me anymore. He just mm-hmm. lost interest completely. Uh, and I had some technical issues, which took a while to overcome because it wasn't a common model in Australia. And once it was all sorted, I thought, well, I'd better just move this on before anything else crops up. But now I do need to find another solution to get Paul to and from school. And maybe mm-hmm. an e-bike would be that solution. Yeah, I have a hard time coming up with anything else. Mm. You could you could drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's just not as fun, is it? There's an opportunity to have fun to get to school. Currently, if I ask the boys, what do you want to do? They just say, catch a bus. And we catch a bus nearly every oh, day. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I think they think riding the bus is fun. They love riding the bus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You don't think so? I, I suppose it's fine. I don't ride a bus very frequently. I think the last time I rode a bus was in college. Mm. If you have to ride a bus for any period of your life, I think you quickly grow out of love, fall out of love with riding a bus. Right. But when you're three or five and it's like a three-minute trip every morning mm-hmm. and you can sit anywhere and scream at people out the window, I think it's still, it'll <laughs> be fun for a little while. Yeah, there you go. Segway, Segway makes some um, uh, like e roller skates. Maybe you should get those. I did not know that was even a thing. The Segway Drift W one. They're like they're not exactly roller skates, but they're like individual platforms that you just stand on, one on each foot, <laughs> and you ride them like skates. Now that looks futuristic. Uh huh. It looks even harder to balance on than anything else they make. It does, doesn't it? Well, and they're really cheap as well. Oh, are they? I didn't even see the price. Buy now. $500. Oh, that's the price I'm seeing in Australian dollars. Ah, okay. Mine says out of stock. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> we had someone... um like break their elbow on the Segway at the office. Oof. And uh, after that, we had to sign waivers to ride them. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Now, the biggest risk I've noticed riding around uh, on the scooter is that when you're forced to ride on a footpath, mm-hmm. you're really high up in the air once you're standing on the scooter. Mm-hmm. And clearance is sometimes iffy. Because people don't really? always trim their, you know, their their shrubbery or whatever you call it. Sometimes there are low-hanging branches. Ah, okay. Yeah, I've, quite a couple of times I've come close to not spotting a fairly hefty branch <laughs> in my path at forehead height. Mm-hmm. Just managed to avoid it just in time. So, yeah. Keeping to the streets where possible seems the, actually the safest bet, even if you are... Than playing in with the cars. 
I mean, Elizabeth has a um, a pretty similar to like traditional segue. Kids call them hoverboards nowadays, but that's um, not the name I'm used to. But but she gets a kick out of that. It doesn't go too fast, but I think just the the balancing act of of writing on it makes it more fun. I don't know. Mm, right. That's not really a commute thing, is it? It's just a play around at the skate park. I mean, you you certainly could commute on it if you wanted to. It can go several oh, okay. miles on a charge. Really? Um, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if if Paul is, is big enough to, to do that. No. Definitely has a learning curve. Yeah. No, he won't even stand on a three-wheeled scooter, so he's not getting on a hoverboard. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. Have you ever had interest in e-commuting around instead of uh, burning petrol to get around? Uh, I mean, I don't commute much. I work from home. Um, and like when I take Elizabeth to school, her school is half an hour drive away from me. So there's, there's Oof. no e-commute way that would work. No. Um, but when I was working in the office and I lived closer, I just biked to work. Um, so, so maybe if I had stayed in the area, um, I would have eventually transitioned to an interest in, in finding an an e way to do it, but I was I was perfectly happy with my bicycle when I when I was going into the office. So old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, exercise is so old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get there all sweaty and need to shower and change and all that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, in the middle of the summer when it's really hot. Um, it's not not fun to show up to work sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my e-writables topic. Wasn't much to it in the end. I think when I put it in the show notes, I was still pretty um, honeymoon phase. I suppose. <laughs> Segway has a lot of options if you just browse the website. You can get go karts if you want to ride go karts instead. I saw that. That is cool. They have a mecha kit. Did you see that? No. What are we doing with I don't that? Know what it, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, click it, it. It looks. It looks cool. It gives you like a joystick to control it. I don't know. When I go to Segway.com, it redirects to au.segway.com and then says new website is coming soon in Times New Roman. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you don't have all the same options. I'll send you a link. To the That's mecha okay. Kit. I'm just, okay. Thank you. No. <laughs> yeah they got they got like a one wheel thing that you can ride on did you see that one what wait it's forcing me to au.segway.com it will not accept anything else even your link redirects yeah t- turn on the VPN well apparently you've got I've never heard of this legal limit for, for e-writables that you were talking about mm-hmm. so maybe they've got like 
the EU has so, so many special rules they don't want you to even know about the premium US website. <laughs> Apparently until pretty recently it was, well actually it still is, um, but trivial to change the legal limits on your Segway, at least on the nine bot scooters. Mm-hmm. For instance, all you need is an app. Um, nowadays, not an iPhone app, unfortunately. It has to be an Android app, but previously an iPhone app could also do it. And it was as mm-hmm. simple as changing your serial number. Uh, and people had a whole list of serial numbers, like this was for this country, this was for this country. Here are the limits that apply here and here. Some countries have like a full-on 10K an hour limit, so you'd never drive your Segway faster than that anywhere. Um, but... Apparently, United States is like the golden ticket. No one cares what anyone does over there. So, it'll just unlock maximum speed for your e-rideable. So, this this limit, it's specifically for e-rideables or it's like any bicycle or scooter you're not allowed to go over 10 miles an hour or has that, how is that law written? Um, that's, all right, here we go. WA.gov.au. <laughs> An e-rideable is an electric rideable device such as a scooter, skateboard, or other vehicle that has at least one wheel designed to be used by one person, meets these length, width, and heights, weighs less than 25 kilos, and is not capable of traveling faster than 25 k's an hour on level ground. What's not an e-rideable? An e-bike, a Segway, like an actual Segway, mobility stuff... Or like scooters, like motorbike scooters. Actually, I'm sorry, no, I misread that. Or scooters that go less than 10 k's an hour. That's also not an e-rideable. So a person on an e-scooter is limited to 10 k's an hour, but a person on a traditional scooter that can just push themselves faster than 10 k's, they're allowed to do that? I Yeah, sure. I, I just don't... Uh, it seems arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They apparently make uh like smart lawnmowers too. The Navamo. Ride on or robot? It's a robot lawnmower. Oh, from Segway, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I can't figure out how to buy one. <laughs> I can't even see a price. I go to their website and it just has like a become a distributor button, but not a buy one. <laughs> distributor of so, one. Right. Anyway, shall we move on? Let's shall. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard those two words back to back before, but let's shall. Uh. It's it's a uh, a quote from a educational video game that I used to play as a kid. I think it was Pajama Sam. Someone would say "Shall we?" and another character would say "Let's shall," and I, <laughs> I, I for a long time thought that was the appropriate response to the question "Shall we?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. You have to find it for the show notes if you can. Uh, okay, I'll look it up. YouTube. Okay. 
I'm going to, I'm going to realize looking into this, that it's something that I completely just like made up in my head as a kid. And been oh, no, I found life. it on Reddit. Don't worry. I found it on Reddit. Already? Uh-huh. I mean, not, people not talking a, about, a link to it, but people talking about it. That specific quote? Mm-hmm. No way. There's no such thing as a unique experience in life. I still use the phrase, shall we? Let's shall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me Let's too, Stratocaster02. That's oh, me. you know what we could play quickly? What? Guess the origin of the title. Origin of what title? I now have three shows worth of potential titles. Oh, okay. Used and didn't use. And you have to guess what context they were. Well, we both have to guess because I might also not know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Going back three shows. Terminal problem. Terminal problem. So that was um, my settings window wouldn't close. And you said that's a terminal problem. I said, no, it's a settings problem. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the other way okay. around. Wait. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. You said it the good way around. Yeah. Um, a sealed paper bag. That's uh, easy. That, that was for the Pavlova. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To keep it so fresh. So it would be in a sealed container or a paper bag. Or, or <laughs> fresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a pretty good bulge. Mmm. Mmm. So you didn't use this as a title. No. I rem- I no. I don't or maybe you did. No, no, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't use that one. Yeah, you didn't use it as a title, but I remember upon listening back to the show hearing that exact quote and thinking that would have been a good show title. So I'm glad that you also <laughs> thought so. Oh, and nice. put it in the notes. Yeah. Um but I don't remember the context of that one. No, me either. Maybe I should start writing down the context as well for if we play this game <laughs> again. <laughs> so this is still three chance. episodes ago? Yeah. All right. And it would have been the one right after I got the package from you. So I wonder if it was related to... Yeah. It was also when you... Maybe it's also referring to the Pavlova. <laughs> Maybe. Or iPhone's getting wet... Oh. oh, oh no! Three sixty action cameras. We're talking about the uh, the camera being on the front and the back. If it was a one eighty degree one eighty degree yeah. lens, yeah, that was it. it. Yeah. All right. Two shows ago, uh, your mouth hole is still clean, which was the show title. Oh, that was referring to companies that put the straws on the. Uh uh, or the little piece of paper over a straw. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, seasoning for butter. That's easy. Oh, yep. Um, Vegemite. Vegemite, yep. The new name. Uh, and gummy fan. Is that just talking about the Swedish fish? Oh, yeah. I assume so, because I said I'm a fan of gummy candies. Mm, you're a gummy fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, last show, I only had two potential titles, one of which we used, The Rule of Thirds. Yep, that was that was your mom framing you only in one third of your pictures at Paul's birthday party. 
<laughs> and Old Faithful. Old Faithful. And our show notes were quite sparse last show. I have no clue what would have been Old Faithful. Wait, was it the name of one of the coffee blends on the Margaret River? Oh. I mean, it's not even that good a title. Well, I didn't pick maybe, it. Maybe? Was, was that the coffee that we were talking about didn't have an origin on it? So I said it was, they swept up all the coffee beans from the floor. <laughs> That's right. That's why it was funny. And it is indeed <laughs> the name of the, the coffee blend. The Old Faithful. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. That's it. Cool. That's it. Well played. Now now that we've done it, you know, <laughs> we should have saved it for our last show since we only have like two episodes left. Uh, well, no, we've got like probably three more. You think? <laughs> one. Well, I know we're not doing two. the last one in May. Yeah. We got one what? this month and... Yeah, we're doing the last one in May. End of May. Yeah, 20th of May. That's three shows. Oh, yeah, okay. There's two in May before, before we're done, I see. Yeah, because normally months cool. of four weeks and we do it every fortnight. Oh, thanks, James. <laughs> I, just, I just knew the baby was due at the end of May and I thought we weren't going to do our second one. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway wwdc it got announced it got announced it's uh, an online online uh week a, w- a week online plus a day on site i suppose you might call it uh for yep. people who win the lottery so lottery system plus press um yeah, very much June, uh, like it was last year. Mm, yeah. Yeah, this is the format going forwards, it seems. Um, so do you want to do uh, hopes and dreams for WWDC? Something like that. Hopes and dreams. Oh, man. Uh, well, I, I want to start with the invite. Oh, yeah. That's the most exciting part by far. You've, you've got... <laughs> as, as is tradition, you got to tear it apart and guess what it's hinting at i think it is so obvious that i'll be shocked if it's not what i think it is it's it's pretty obvious for anyone who's like worn a vr headset in the last 10 years it's a friend's fresnel lens yeah it's definitely what it looks like yep uh which is interesting because the all the rumors explicitly say that apple's headset isn't going to use a a fresnel lens it's going to use a uh, pancake lens, I think is what it's called. But I don't know what those look like. They might have a similar like appearance when you're when you're looking at them with that those uh, concentric circles. Right. Yeah, we don't know what that looks like. But also, yeah. it could just be one of the features that was walked back to a more uh, easily achievable thing under the the timeline, the time restrictions to get this out. So. Or price requirements. I think the pancake price lens is one of well, one of the more expensive components as well. Mm, so, right. um, but yeah, it does it does seem pretty apparent that's what it is. 
and it just happens to be a rainbow on the invite and a colorful rainbow, which is fairly uh, down Apple's Avenue. It's it's funny that leading up to WWDC in the last well, the last six months or so, all the rumors have been saying they're going to announce it and it's going to come out, and then this invite comes out that um seems to indicate the VR headsets coming out, and then like immediately after the invite came out, there started to be rumors that like. The headset got delayed again. <laughs> Did you see those? Oh, really? No, I didn't keep track um, of those ones. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Uh, but at this point, I think that even even if it potentially got delayed, I would assume the delay is, is not that they're not going to show it off. It's that, hey, maybe instead of shipping in September, it's going to ship at the end of the year or something like that. But they've got to show it off so people can start working on stuff for it at some point yeah that's exactly right and there's so much smoke now um that we we have to start seeing the fire and what other time to release it if you hope to build up a a following of interested and inspired developers if not at wwdc Um, right there i mean are they going to release like a blue version just for developers that they have to then return in september or something along those lines. I wouldn't be surprised if there were dev units that went out um, to the developers. I wonder yeah. if I should get one. <laughs> Just to play with. It's it's it doesn't really cost anything. Like because I got the the M1 dev kit before. Well, not the M1. The a, had the A12Z in it, or just so the Apple Silicon dev kit, and. You know, they gave me all my money back at the end of the program, so it it, it wasn't like it cost me anything to ha- to have an early access to the computer. Well, it cost you your membership to the developer program, but besides that, well, <laughs> the moment I published the video of me taking it apart, it definitely would. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I wonder how useful a developer headset would be. Because you're probably only going to be running stuff on there from it, Apple or that you're developing yourself. Right. It'd have no app store or anything, so you couldn't download anything. No. Um, and even if my experience with the Apple Silicon Mac dev kit was an indication of anything, I couldn't even like use it as like my personal computer. It, it was It was very buggy. You know, you couldn't download any programs because nothing was was ready for Apple Silicon at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it uh, it's probably not good to get just as something to play with. Unfortunately, yeah, even the first party stuff might be completely unusable and just a frustrating experience. You may you may take the entire shine off this uh, as a product if you were to right. experiment too much with it with the dev kit. Maybe if um, I was still doing a podcast at that point, it'd be worth it just to talk about. But since there won't be a podcast anymore. Well, well, maybe you should start up a competing podcast and then we can have a huge falling out and a fight and <laughs> never talk to you again. Call it the... Got to find a new co-host. Yep, find a new co-host. Um new name um same name oh what's happening 
I'm getting weird beeps uh, in my ear. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. My AirPods, which I'm listening to you through, just unpaired and then repaired. I got both oh, those sounds okay. immediately after each other. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Discord made like a connected, disconnected sound. So I guess that was probably because your microphone was disconnected or whatever. Oh, maybe I'm confusing those sounds. Maybe it was just Discord and not the AirPods. Yeah, no, it was Discord. It wasn't the AirPods. They kind of sound similar, those two things, but (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it, it was definitely Mm. Discord. Anyway. Yes, so that's your main reason for having one gone. Yeah, I. Where else am I, am I ever going to find someone nerdy enough to want to talk about Apple stuff for hours on end every couple of weeks? <laughs> for years and years on end. I guess the answer is Reddit. That's where you find those kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a solo show. You don't need redditors. Oh man, you could talk to ChatGPT. You probably could. Be just as engaging as this. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're going to hear the Discord sound again. Okay. Only half of it as I leave the, the channel. That was a joke. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Even after five uh, years, my jokes fall flat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I've got a few items that I want to see. All right. What do you got? I want to see profiles, user profiles come to the iPad. I think it's time. I'm currently in a single iPad household. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bother me because I'm at the moment, you know, it it comes and goes in cycles, but I'm not much of an iPad user, but it would be nice just to pick up the iPad every now and then have a picture of me and then have all my stuff there i think the ipad is mature Mm -hmm. enough and what's a computer enough to have user accounts on there it's fast enough yeah it's it's almost weird that they don't have it at this point because you know even the apple tv has user accounts um and to an extent, iPad OS has the concept of user accounts because uh, iPads in classrooms have the ability for students to like pick their account to use the iPad as. So it's it's functionality that already exists. It's just locked to those school settings only right now. I do wonder if Apple has been rethinking the positioning of an iPad because uh, it it was originally pitched very much as like a hey this is is like a home computer that like sits on your coffee table that you can pick up and use um and to that extent it makes sense to have user accounts but they've been kind of moving away from that at least in one regard uh because for the longest time uh homekit allowed for you to configure an iPad as like your home hub your stationary device that stays at home to connect to your accessories. And in the latest, like just this last year, they've, they've removed that ability for your iPad to be a home hub, which there's probably just technical limitations for that. But it, it it does to me read as a, Hey, your iPad isn't like 
stationary home computer and it's more of a personal device like an iPhone mm-hmm. would be. Mm-hmm. But but I agree. They they should definitely add that functionality since it basically already exists anyway. Have you ever had experience with the multiple profiles that you can do in an education environment? Uh, no, I'm too old to have had iPads in school. Um, <laughs> well, I had an iPad in school because I brought my second gen iPad to high school at the end there, but uh, mm-hmm. the school had not adopted that yet. Uh, how'd it go for me? It was surprisingly fine. I think because they were so new, um, there was just no policy in place. Like you weren't allowed to bring a computer or a laptop to school, at least in high school. Uh, but I brought my iPad and, and teachers didn't know what to do. So they just let me use it. Mm, yeah. Um, and I had a stylus, but you know, it was before the Apple pencil. So taking notes was miserable. Uh, and it's not like I really brought it to take notes anyway. That was just my cover while I was like playing words mm. with friends or whatever was popular back then <laughs> on the iPad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't recommend it. I tried really hard to make note taking work on the iPad. And then in college I had a, a galaxy note three and I tried like taking classes or taking notes in my university classes on a little phone <laughs> which by today's standards, the Galaxy Note 3 has a small screen, even though it was big for the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, not possible. Mm, no. Are you doing much note-taking now on your iPad, now with um, Apple Pencil Hover and all those things? Uh, well, I tried in the in the, the beta stages to, to make... Um, freeform work for my note taking uh but it was it was it was glitchy and slow once you started putting any reasonable amount of notes on there with the apple pencil specifically i don't know what it is but freeform like ignores every other line that you draw Mm. so once it syncs to icloud and back you get a bunch of gibberish like scribbles on your screen because the letters are all only halfway written oh, that's awful um and i thought it was a, a beta bug but it's still happening um so i unfortunately left the freeform app entirely in favor of microsoft OneNote, which i think i told you at some point you did yeah i knew that um and i picked OneNote specifically because it was really easy to transition from scribbling handwritten notes on my ipad on the desk to like typing stuff on my on my windows desk desktop it all synced very quickly and i could do that um and i thought i would keep doing that because of how much i like handwritten notes but i quickly transitioned to now i just type all of my notes on my computer uh so i don't uh, use my ipad at all for for taking notes anymore Hmm. sad to hear uh yeah it's it's actually worked out better and i and i should have have made this transition many years ago but uh being able to like just search all of my notes is very nice yeah yeah i bet um what else we'll probably get side loading on the iphone at least in some markets um 
with iOS 17. So that could be fun. Could uh, open up some new potentials for the iPhone this year. Not sure if it's something I really wish for. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a specific thing in mind right now. But it's one of those things where if it's possible, then I bet someone is going to start doing some cool stuff with it. And that'll be fun to play with for a while and maybe even useful. I mean, there's a, a few hurdles to jump through right now, but sideloading is already possible. And I've I've done it for a few things. Like you've got to get a special profile or whatever added to your phone for it, for it to work. Um, but yeah, I, I've never found a compelling thing to actually like go through the effort of, of sideloading onto my phone. Yeah, but if it's actually um, like go to this new app store type sideloading and it's not just um, it's something that's more less of a gray area is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Then it might attract more interest as well from people who are going to do interesting stuff with it. Yeah. There's there's lots of things that Apple just like explicitly doesn't allow for one reason or the other. Like I'd love to get an emulator on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh which is just a whole category that Apple doesn't allow. So I guess that would be the only thing I can think of immediately that I'd want to get. It's it's probably unreasonable, but my biggest concern with alternative app stores or side loading or anything like that is a company like Facebook uh, deciding that their app is only going to be available through this alternative app store and then they use that that lack of uh, oversight from Apple as an excuse to like re-inject their their trackers that uh, Apple explicitly threatened to kick them from the app store for in the past Um. But I think maybe the App Store is just so easy to find that most people are still going to use that. So Facebook's going to have to stay in there because it's not like they're not in the Play Store. Um, so I think that's probably going to be okay, but that's still my biggest concern. Yeah, there's probably going to be some level of like punishment for not being in the app store that will make the developers have to have something in the actual app store and not embed mm-hmm. it entirely for their own um, for their own devices. That's not the right, right. word to use in that context. <laughs> for, <laughs> for their own wants. Yeah. Such as, like, if you're not in the Play Store, right, you don't have access to all of Google's services. Is that right? It's been a while since I've looked at anything on Android. I don't know anything about what Google's restrictions are. Okay. Hmm. Um, I believe the Apple Watch with WatchOS 10 is going to be quite the update this year. So looking forward to seeing something there. Yeah, there's there's been a couple uh, rumors to, to that extent here recently uh specifically i think german said like the iphone's getting a hardware revamp this year so it doesn't need a big software update but the apple watch isn't so apple's pushing to make 
the software update more significant. Mm -hmm. um, so it's to the extent that they said that the, uh, the whole UI is going to be different, which will be interesting because the Apple Watch UI really hasn't been rethought and rethought to any significant extent since it was introduced. Besides faces, there's, I mean, I mean, if you think back like really early days, there are certainly a few bits and pieces like the, the carousel of like quick contacts, whatever that was called disappeared. And then mm -hmm. the honeycomb became listable. Mm -hmm. but, but then besides faces, like what else is there? We're still looking at a very similar thing. It is such a small screen and it is a watch though. So you wonder how different can it be from what it is. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much they they could change. Maybe they're gonna open it up for third party watch faces? <laughs> <laughs> and hell will freeze over at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if they were going to, they would have by now. Maybe in an Apple-y way that'll happen. Like you can add, I was going to say add widgets, but I mean, you can do that already. You can add complications. So mm -hmm. yep, I don't that think it's going to be any more open than that. I mean, I've never been a fan of the Honeycomb interface specifically myself. I still use it because I like it more than a list. But I, I don't know what the right answer is for like a really good interface for actually navigating all your apps on a watch i know cards that you swipe through by rotating a bezel ah <laughs> a samsung approach amazing yeah mm -hmm. i do i do like the rotating bezel uh input uh i think that's kind of clever but uh i'm not a fan of of wear os in general the initial rumors for iOS 17 is was that it was going to be a fairly insignificant update, mostly bugs and performance improvements, because apparently a lot of people have been pulled on to the getting this AR VR headset as ready to go as possible. There was a few rumors just in the last couple of days that popped up that Control Center specifically is going to be getting... Mm -hmm. a significant redesign uh which could be nice control center is is a uh, fairly unchanged since the iphone 10 came out uh so it'd be interesting to see another take on that um and then other than that there was a rumor that there's also going to be a lot of like heavily requested features are finally coming, which I don't even know what that means. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I specifically want for iOS 17. No, me either. They're like, all the big complaints have been dealt with. We've got dark mode. We got rid of the mm -hmm. big volume HUD. What mm -hmm. else is there? I mean, I would like to see the dynamic island used more on my phone. Like, mm -hmm. there's a couple very specific system notifications that pop in and out through the dynamic island but it'd be cool to see the operating system like put more like maybe all your notifications come in and out of the dynamic island um 
but that's that's very small and only applies to the newest iPhones. I wouldn't mind a revamp in Control Center. I find the 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 gestures are really nice, just being able to like pop in and out of controls and just swipe and tap. But mm-hmm. I find that the controls are too samey. Like I can easily identify the top half of the screen because we've got like big sliders for volume and brightness and then kind of colored uh, antenna controls like the phone mm-hmm. and the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth. But under that, everything's kind of too samey. It feels like even after years, I've never developed any like memory of where those buttons are, perhaps because they all look too alike. So I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing a maybe a smidge more color even or just something to make it a uh, more distinguishable, easily distinguishable button from button. I've got uh, a lot of home kit accessories that appear in the control center, but you can't specify which accessories. And it's just like Siri trying to be smart and recommend you whatever accessories it thinks you want. And sometimes it's fine, but most of the time it's just random, like whatever was turned on and off last, uh, which most of them are controlled through automations. So it's not really telling of anything. Um, so I end up having to go into the home app or, or just use Siri to control them. So if I could set some like specific, like these are the accessories that I want quick access to, that would be nice. You can't just chuck everything in there? In the control center? No. Yeah. Hmm. That, w- that would be a very, very long list. Yeah, for some reason I thought it became scrollable once it filled up with home stuff. Um, the control center is scrollable, but it's it's not configurable that way. But yeah, other than that, I'm not really looking for anything software-wise. Mm-hmm. So I'll just, you know, honestly, the, the iOS 17, hey, it's going to be um, like faster and have a bunch of bug fixes. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all eyes on the VR headset. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm excited about. What if it doesn't come? What will be uh, there? I don't know. They're they're going to redesign multitasking on the iPad again. <laughs> <laughs> you stole that from the Reddit comments, didn't you? Uh, I'm sure I did read that somewhere. I'm not looking <laughs> at anything right now, but... <laughs> there was rumors um, a year ago, like before iOS 16 had even left the, the beta stages, that Apple was already working on like a, a completely different take on stage management that they were going to launch this year. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe some of that will come to fruition. So the leaving multitasking alone and revamping stage manager. Got it. <laughs> Completely different area of the system. I don't know if, if it's a bug or if this is something that's changed in the latest version of macOS, but I have I still use stage manager on my Mac. And uh, I noticed that now uh, I can see the icons on my desktop at all times. Um. It used to be you'd have to click on your desktop for the icons to reappear because it was the desktop mm. was considered like its own stage, right? Uh, but now they're they're always there, which is uh, nice in terms of being able to like glance at what's there. But it it puts me under the impression that they're interactable, and mm. 
I go to click and drag on something and it won't let me because I still have to like select the desktop first as my stage before I can actually interact wow. with those files. Just sounds a little bit annoying. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, but f- but for how I use the computer, for the most part, I don't I don't keep things on my desktop usually anyway. Yeah. Uh, mo- mainly, it's just screenshots end up on there. Um. Oh, you can configure that with a playlist. Believe me. Uh, actually, you don't to. even need a playlist anymore. I need them to go to my clipboard and and stop going to the desktop because <laughs> I. That's how Windows works, and I'm so used to taking screenshots on my work computer and sending them to people that every time I take a screenshot on my Mac, I immediately go to paste it somewhere, and it's just not there. Did you see uh, the the pictures that accompanied the latest Mac rumors show? They had Marcus Kane do a mock-up of, of what the ARVR headset might look like. I haven't seen these pictures. Is that charging by MagSafe? That's weird. Yeah, so it's leaning into the rumor that there's going to be like an external battery pack, uh, and I guess he went the direction of a MagSafe connector. Uh, I would, I would think, assuming the headset has no internal battery of its own, you would explicitly not want to use MagSafe so it couldn't come disconnected that easily yeah, and that make sense. just shut off on you. Uh-huh. Um, but if it does have some kind of uh, like minimal battery or something. Uh, I guess it could be a clever way to reuse an existing connector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just enough battery power to avoid turning off. Um, I've always just been so anti-battery pack, but seeing this mock-up, I don't know, maybe getting the weight off your head isn't such a bad idea. It's just the... If, the, if the device can actually be as like thin as it looks in this render by removing the battery, then it might, it seems like it could be worth the trade off. There's the annoyance of cables and having to mess around with getting a cable to run in the right direction around your neck or whatever, down your arm. I'd still be pretty surprised. If it kind of solves the cable problem with, with his little, uh, like, battery satchel or whatever Mm -hmm. like it goes over your shoulder and the cable is just kind of part of that it does seem un unelegant um it's even more cables to mess with like you've got this one over your shoulder and then that one has to go to the headset and that one has to go to the battery pack it's just yeah so inelegant it does seem very apple though that you could buy the headset and it comes with the battery and then they have like a $80 $80 satchel accessory that you could buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise it has to go in your pocket. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. The smart I'm, battery satchel. <laughs> my my experience with, with VR is, is, is pretty outdated at this point. Like, I still have the HTC Vive, which is, is very wired to a computer. Um, so the thought of of dealing with a wire that like is completely contained yourself still sounds way more elegant than than like the series of pulleys that I used to run along my ceiling to keep the wire up out of the way. And <laughs> uh, I was begging for an HTC Vive during the week, trying to edit a three sixty video in Final Cut Pro, uh, and the only thing it works with is a Vive to actually preview the output. It would oh, really? Make my life a lot easier. <laughs> 
I bet you can get one for pretty cheap now. They came out in like 2015 or something. Yeah, I wouldn't even spend a hundred bucks on it though, just to mm. get this little video out where I could just upload it to YouTube instead. But uh, yeah, could have been handy. Yeah. Well, you can use your Apple headset for that when it comes out. What do we got? GM plans to phase out CarPlay in their EVs. Yeah, had, had some you crazy seen news. Everyone's favorite company, already? GM, doing something crazy like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's not just CarPlay. They're kind of phasing out Android Auto as well. At, at least the version of Android Auto where it, you know it, it runs off your phone. Uh, so this is specifically because they're going to be partnering with Google to build like a, a custom infotainment software for their EVs that's going to have Google Assistant and Google Maps built in. And it will come at no extra cost for the first eight years. <laughs> and then there's going to be some kind of subscription associated with it. Uh, and also they're specifically going to be using this as a way to, um, I wish I had the exact wording in front of me, but, uh, you know, scrape and track user data, basically. It just sounds disgusting, doesn't it? I mean, no yeah. cost for eight years. Oh, <laughs> oh thanks, yeah. GM. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you can use and your radio what- for free for a while. Yeah, and then what? Oh, but the dashboard doesn't light up anymore because, you know, the the remnants of Android Auto that powered it showed the, like, odometer and the speedo and everything as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt it's going to be, like, uh, have Android Auto guts underneath it because they're not going to write a whole new thing. Uh, Well, Google has two things. They have Android Auto, which is... The CarPlay equivalent. It's your your phone running a software that shows up on your head unit, things like that. And then they have Android Automotive, which is their special software that runs like in car infotainment center specifically. It's not run by your phone. Are they two completely um, different stacks? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much they share under the hood, but they're they're marketed as two separate products. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, and right on the heels of of Apple announcing their whole CarPlay revamp, I w- I would never consider a, a GM vehicle moving forward specifically for that reason. I want the new CarPlay. Yeah, and I mean, how does it work with getting your messages and stuff on the infotainment system? Do they have to have an Android, or will it not even work with an Android phone? I assume they'll probably have some kind of. I would I would hope they'd have some kind of quality of life thing for Android users, but that obviously wouldn't work for iPhones, so you're stuck to back like Bluetooth connections for your phone calls and things like that. Wow, like an animal. Unless you're going to use their, you know, built-in apps, but they're not going to have iMessage built in, so or FaceTime or whatever. You have to do what uh was it Dell or Microsoft does where you have like a install an app that like pretends to be a Bluetooth device so you can like, extract messages via Bluetooth out of your iPhone and get them on another device. Have you seen how that's how um, it was either Microsoft or HP or Dell? Yeah, there's does a, that. Yeah, Windows 11 just 
just recently added I didn't understand realize that's how it's worked, but I did see they just released a some feature for Windows eleven to let you do that. So Yeah, it all goes via Bluetooth. And like restart the app and everything's gone. Start from scratch again. Good stuff <laughs> like that. Oh nice. I mean I su- I suppose it's better than nothing, but uh it's kind of on Apple at this point. They just need to make a iMessage in the cloud or a native Windows iMessage app or something. Mm. But yeah, that that completely rules out not not that there was a GM car I was specifically looking at wanting to get anytime soon, but uh now I definitely won't. My last couple car purchases were made explicitly looking for cars with CarPlay and that's going to continue to be the case. Mm, yeah. No other consideration, although I do not like the CarPlay and the Ford I've got at the moment. It's just terrible. But I, it's, I don't think that's CarPlay's fault. I'm pretty sure it's just the Ford uh, Sync. That's what it's called, isn't it? Ford Sync's fault. Yeah. Yeah, I had Ford Sync and it worked fine, but maybe they're different in some way. Yeah, I bet um, there are it's probably a different version for every model of car, every market uh, it's released in. I wasn't yeah. the, the lone person with this complaint. I did find a few other people with uh, similar issues uh, on the internet. Apple had... I, it It must have been just this last WWDC when they announced the all the new CarPlay stuff. They had a study that specifically said something like 80% of new car buyers like look for CarPlay as a must-have feature or something like that. And it seems like if that was true... This would be a, a giant mistake for GM. Yeah, and the other 20% are looking for Android Auto. Right, yeah. Yeah, P- people want things to work with their phone. So, I don't know how Google sold it to them, but probably with lots of money. They're like, hey, we're going to harvest a lot of user data. And we'll, we'll pay you for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rivian is another one of the um, manufacturers that doesn't have uh, CarPlay in their vehicles. And yep. one of the C-levels was on an MKPHD podcast podcast during the week um, and was asked why it's not there. Mm-hmm. And there was no good answer given, but the answer was basically, we want to be in control of this part of the car so we're not going to give anyone else control over it. And that was the extent of the answer. So they want to manage the maps. They want to manage the infotainment. They want their, you know, their colors, their branding, their layout, their design to be on the screens. And they don't want that screen to be taken over by anything else. But but why? You know, it's like, you don't need to sell me on the car. I already own it. And externally, it's still a Rivian, so it's only my personal experience with the car. Um, but Tesla is the same way. It's just, that's that's the problem with, especially these newer companies, but just everything that's going to EV is auto manufacturers are getting so much more involved in the software that that they just like decide that they want to do the whole thing. Mm. Um, but I, I just... Why do you want a segment of your company devoted to making mapping software when that already exists and works really well? You could just have a blank box and say, okay, Apple, put it up here, and they will. (laughs) It seems like it'd be easier. (laughs) 
<laughs> and no auto company has ever done one as good as Apple or Google. Ever. Right. Well, and that's why GM is having Google make their their new uh Yeah, interface. exactly. Yeah. Um, Even mapping companies haven't done as well as Google. Yeah. Yeah, Google or Apple. Even though Apple Maps isn't isn't as good as Google Maps, the UI is is, you know, better than anything TomTom or Garmin's ever made. Oh, yeah, in UI terms. Yeah, just yeah, just yeah. don't look any deeper than that. <laughs> I get by on Apple Maps just fine. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I guess I'm sticking with Honda or uh Hyundai or or, or cars like Hyundai. that from now on. Yeah, interesting. Never heard of this manufacturer. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Let me send you another YouTube video. No, don't worry about it. Of, don't worry about it. <laughs> of their advertising campaign, specifically about how to pronounce their name. We've been <laughs> through this. I'm pretty sure. I know. <laughs> it's funny that they would market their name differently. I mean, I guess it's not that weird to have different pronunciations of your name in different markets. But it's weird that they lean into like, no, if you use our other market name, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or not before. Uh, the Hyundai Ionic 6 is a car that I'm looking very closely at. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a very Ionic. sleek looking car. Uh, yep. Um, but it's kind of impossible to get. It's won like a car of the year award this year. I don't even know from who three trophies in car world car of the year awards, whatever that means. Um, but it's very hard to get. Apparently I've been on a mailing list with Hyundai for like a year. It's like, Hey, tell me when I can order one. And, and I haven't mm-hmm. even heard from them. All right. So I'm just looking at a little promo video of it now. Mm. It's very sleek looking. It is very sleekly. Always has Porsche-like lines to it. That yeah, it sure does. Yeah, it's kind of got like a nine eleven teardrop shape with the spoiler and so. Oh anyway. no! Look at this. What? <laughs> Ionic Six on the Hyundai Australia's YouTube channel. Six likes, zero comments. Really? That's so. De- <laughs> <laughs> I guess they don't have a big channel. 40k no subscribers. The Ionic 5 got 100 views. Wow. The Ionic 5 is a nice car too. Mm. Uh, they're built on the same drivetrain. They're just, you know, one's like a crossover and one's more of a sedan. But I wonder if this channel's got any notes on pronunciation. You got ads in your thermostat? Oh, yeah. So I have uh, an Ecobee thermostat. I think it's Ecobee 4, which uh, I got at the time because it was, I think, the only or one of the only smart thermostats on the market that actually worked with HomeKit. Um, But it also had Alexa built into it. Um, They've they've since switched to... um, I forget what Apple calls it, but you can have Siri in there now, but it uses like a HomePod as a relay. So it's basically just a, a extended microphone for your HomePod. Um, 
but I don't have that. I have an old one with Alexa. And what I've done is I've just had that microphone muted, basically. Uh, but the other day I was sitting in my living room and my my thermostat made uh, like a little notification chime sound. And it was, it was had a, it has an indicator light on the top of it and it was lit up red. And I went over there to see what was going on. I thought maybe it was like time for um, an air filter change in my furnace or something like that. Uh, but it was uh, a notification from Alexa. So I had to unmute the microphone and I said, like, Alexa, what is it? <laughs> and, and she's like, you, you have $2 in an Amazon credits that are about to expire. <laughs> <laughs> from your thermostat. Uh, wow. Uh, so yeah, go to Amazon.com and, and spend your, your free credits or whatever before they run out. And did you? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, very uh, intrusive that, that Amazon would ring my thermostat to let me know that I've got a couple dollars in Amazon credits. <laughs> They're about yeah. to expire. Yeah. Um, it makes me want to... There's there's some new nice Ecobees that have come out in the last couple years. I don't know what they're called. Ecobee Premium or whatever that are like made of aluminum instead of plastic. They're very sleek looking and they've got that Siri relay instead of Alexa built into them now. So mm-hmm. it might it might be time to, to finally upgrade my thermostat. It's just the thermostats just work though, so it's hard to justify upgrading because I'm not getting really any functionality difference. And it's not that annoying, I suppose. Can you turn off the notifications so nothing comes through? Uh, no. I thought I had that turned off by like muting the microphone, but you can't actually turn off Alexa entirely. I guess you can only mute the mic. So there's no like notification setting, right? Well. I wonder now that now that we're talking about it that if it's not something I have to configure like in my Amazon account because mm, it yeah. it probably is like it views the thermostat just like any other Alexa tube and there's probably a setting for like notify me through Alexa or whatever that I could turn on or off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely sounds possible. So it's funny though because I've had the thermostat for um, I don't know several years three or four years at this point and I've never gotten a notification like that. I did used to get, I guess back when I had more Alexa devices, um, package delivery notifications. Like I'd say your package is delivered, um, which is kind of redundant because it's, you know, if I'm home to hear it, then I was also home to know that someone's mm-hmm. at the door, but yep. um, anyway, weird, annoying, Intrusive. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dystopian. Yeah, the big tech companies can get to you through any of your gadgets in your house. Next thing I know, my light bulbs will be will be letting me know. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be flashing at you in Morse code. But right. bye from uh, Amazon. <laughs> it's subliminal messaging. It happens like in your sleep. It's programming you to... Yeah. Go to Amazon. Or even during the day, like, you know, you can't really tell if it's blinking that fast, but it's just a constant Morse code mm. at 50 hertz. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> Any other topics? Uh, nope, that's it for me. I am James VDM on Reddit and Mastodon. And I'm Jelly Woot on Reddit and D3Codes on Mastodon. And the show notes are at reddit.com slash r slash bluebubblepod. How do you search Mastodon? I know you have to uh, use the hashtag, a hash. But I tried to search for two words together and it kept combining them into one word. What are you searching like, for? Like hash blah, hash blah. And it would search just for hash blah blah. I was actually searching for more, if there are any updates on this CarPlay situation. So I searched for CarPlay, hashtag CarPlay, hashtag GM, I suppose. And it just searches for, searches for, well, first I get no results. But if I click on hashtags, it says, oh, still no results. All right, this is different behavior from what I was seeing earlier. CarPlay GM. So the answer is you get the Ivory app. Mm, I'm on a computer though. <laughs> What's a computer? You remember those things? Um, so you're on the Mastodon website. Mm-hmm. I don't even see a search bar. Where do you go to search? Top left, search or paste URL. Oh, I see it. Okay, so if I type CarPlay GM. I mean, I don't, I don't have to type any hash is anything i just type carplay space gm do you get anything any results yeah well it looks like it's searching my uh my local feed yeah yeah i thought that Um, ivory lets you do like a federated kind of search that searches more instances um that's what i think if if you do the hashtag you're just searching for things that have that hashtag in the post right it's not right. a general characters search um, oh but if I use the hashtag then it does seem like it might be federated at that point the results that show up are uh, across other instances now so you can search hashtags across instances but if you just do text it just searches your Home if feed I search or whatever. Hashtag CarPlay. Mm-hmm. I get four results. Oh, I searched hashtag CarPlay, and I've got an, a never-ending list I can scroll through. Oh, actually, if I click on the results. Oh yeah, you got to click I, on the hashtag, and you it have pulls to click up on the, the results. That's the column on the right side there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just saw four people in two days. <laughs> I thought, okay. It's not searching federated then, but it is once you click on it. Yep. Um, so can you chuck in multiple? No, hashtag you can't carp. search multiple hashtags then. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you would do that. Hmm. Maybe a comma. No, that didn't do anything. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs>